Now, from a pilot's point of view, Laos and South Vietnam looked exactly the same. There may have been a line drawn carefully on maps, but you can't see those lines from the air. Laos was bad guy territory. We got shot at every time we flew over Laos by some very accurate and dedicated AAA gunners. The airplane flying the SOG team got shot out of the LZ and barely made it back to South Vietnam and safety. One of the UH-1E gunships got shot down and landed in a ball of flames near the border. Pilots do their very best to help other pilots. One of the other HML pilots was convinced there might have been survivors of the crash. He flew over the crash site a few days later just to see if anyone might have survived. A tall white guy wearing nothing but green skivvies came running out of the bush, waving his arms in the air. Someone had survived the crash. Or the NVA had set up a very convincing ambush. The chopper driver sped back to Fubai and reported what he had found. The rest of the squadron pilots were overjoyed at the opportunity to rescue one of their own. But when the squadron CO reported the incident to Saigon, the CIA made an upper-level decision to leave the crewmen in Laos since we weren't supposed to be there in the first place. One tradition of the Marines, which is hammered home starting in boot camp, is that Marines never leave their dead behind. Marines believe that if they are killed in combat, nothing would stop the Marine Corps from recovering their remains and sending them home. War corrupts everyone who participates. They start gloriously with bands playing and young women cheering. They end with the government lying and cheating and young women in tears. By 1970, the Marine Corps had forgotten its traditions and its honor. In March of 1970, they not only left their dead behind, they left their living behind. The CIA made the decision to abandon the crewmen in Laos because legally, we weren't there. That pissed off a lot of the HML pilots. After all, if the Marines could leave someone behind after his plane was shot down, why wouldn't they do the same thing when it was your turn in the barrel? They pissed off two more of the HML pilots than was safe for management. One crew assigned to the next combat mission went out to their fully armed aircraft. They did an air taxi to the end of the runway where the arming crew removed the safety pins from their ordnance and they took off for what might well be their last mission in a marine aircraft. The pilots got the aircraft up to speed and flew directly over the squadron operations building at rooftop level before entering a high perch position. Shortly thereafter, the squadron CO got on the radio in a fury and demanded the pilots land for their court-martial for flat-hatting the squadron. The pilots replied that if they were going to get court-martialed, it would be for firing rockets into the command bunker before shooting up the entire squadron area and all of the aircraft. Either the CO agreed immediately to the launch of a rescue mission to retrieve the missing crewman, or he would find his fleet of planes smoldering in the wind. I would love to have been a fly on the wall of that CO's office when he heard that transmission. He had a mutiny on his hands, and he could either do as the pilots demanded, or lose all of his planes. They did launch a rescue mission at once. They did recover a living pilot who had survived the crash a week earlier in Laos. Then they covered it up. You won't find any reports of that particular mission in any USMC history book. Myself, if someone asked me if I really cared if the Marines left my dead body behind if I got shot down, I'd reply that it really wouldn't make any difference to me. I did participate in dozens of missions where men died during the recovery of dead bodies from earlier action. But if I was alive after getting shot down, 
and I realized my guys had left me behind, I'd be triple pissed.